Welcome to Style Your Mind, a podcast for women who want to design their thoughts, empower themselves, and build a beautiful life. I'm your host, Carol Alwaleba, best-selling author and master life coach. I am obsessed with women on the edge of change, and I've worked with hundreds of those women all around the world to help them unlock the best version of themselves and fulfill their potential. If you're ready to style your mind and transform your life, then you're in the right place. Let's do this. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Morning Sunshine with Jillian Bolands, and I am so excited about my special, amazing guest. I have the one and only Kara Alwell-Leba on the, well, I'm on Zoom with her right now, but you guys will hear the podcast. You'll hear the audio recording. Kara is a master life coach. She's a best-selling and award-winning author, and personally, I can actually tell you that her books are freaking amazing. She is the, um, she's got a podcast of her own called Style Your Mind and you need to go subscribe to that as soon as we're done here. And she's the creator of The Champagne Diet, which is what led me to her. And we'll get into the history a little bit in in a minute, but Kara, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited too. Okay, so we were just reminiscing about how um, how I found Kara because, and I want to talk about entrepreneurship and how we both were like, oh, okay, like that's what this is that we're doing because it really started off for fun for both of us. Um, but I found Kara during what was starting to be a pretty tumultuous time for me. It was a time that I was very bubbly on the outside. I was very Jillian on the outside, but on the inside, I was going through a time period of a lot of negative self-talk. I didn't love myself at all. You know, I had lost a lot of weight after college and um, defined myself by the number on the scale. And I've shared my story a little bit on this podcast, so you guys know. But um, I also loved wine during this time. This was the time that I discovered that I really loved wine and I liked talking about wine. I liked pairing food with wine. And I think that ultimately I was just online one night and I was searching for, first of all, inspiring women. And then I think I was searching for like, I don't know, champagne, like cocktails or something like that. And I don't remember exactly what the search, but Kara, I found you then. And this was back in the day. So I know that we talked about this before. Can you tell the listeners kind of where you were during this time frame where I found you? Yeah. So this was back, like you said, before we even knew we were entrepreneurs or going to be entrepreneurs at some point. And this was probably, I want to say like 2009 we met, had to be something like that. Yeah. So I started my blog 10 years ago in 2008. Mm -hmm. Crazy. And we didn't have half the social media we have now. We had Twitter and Facebook and that was (laughs) was working full time at MTV. I was working in advertising and I was really unfulfilled and just feeling like I needed a creative outlet because I'm a really creative person and I'm a writer and always imagined myself doing more with my life. So I started this blog and the blog inspired by a glass of champagne because I was for something at the time that I could drink that would complement my diet that wouldn't be 700 calories you know to enjoy with a meal or as a dessert and I started this this quote champagne diet which was you know not really a literal champagne diet <laughs> I know right <laughs> but it was kind of like the joke that my friends and I called it and then it, it kind of it quickly really became a metaphor for me. I started looking at champagne as this really beautiful, glamorous, celebratory drink. 
And I started thinking about the way I was living my life and the changes I wanted to make. And I wanted to feel like every day was a celebration and every day was a party and every day felt good. And I felt beautiful and glamorous no matter what was going on in my life. And ironically at the time, I didn't feel any of that, but I was searching for it. And I, my life was really changed by a glass of champagne. I mean, that's the truth. So I was going on Twitter in these days, like writing these blog posts, just sharing my experiences and sharing my stories with women. And I would just tweet them out into the Twitter sphere. You know, <laughs> Mind. And I guess that's, you came across one at, at, at that time and we just connected that way. So it's really wild to think about. It really is. And it's so cool. And it actually goes to show, and we'll get there throughout this conversation, but it goes to show the importance of playing the long game, right? Like you didn't know what you were stepping into. You were you were literally showing up in a place where you're like, this is fun. I like this. This feels good. What a cool outlet for me. And now 10 years later, you've got an incredible business. You've got a rock star following of very loyal listeners and followers. And it's just so cool because I... I was there at the beginning, you know, so I feel like I have learned so much from you, but I'm also so proud of you and you're just such a trailblazer. And I just, I appreciate that so much. And I just, I love your story because your story is so connective to the way that I was feeling when I found you. And that just goes to show that when you show up telling people who you are, what you're feeling, you are going to attract people to you that that need your message. Yes. And I think the more real and the more raw you are and the more authentic you, you are willing to be, mm. the deeper the connections are going to be with your fan base. And those are the connections that are going to be long-term. You're in the long-term game when you're actually taking the time to respond to a comment and to share what's going on in your life. Not when you're just going through the motions to make X amount of dollars per month or get X amount of followers. Like, I don't even think we cared about Twitter followers back then. Like, I don't even know how many I had. I, I, I don't even know how to check my mentions for the first like six months on Twitter. I was like, oh, people are messaging me. <laughs> so. well, it's so funny. So let me just share the story. So you did a cute little, um, and I say cute little because it really was, it was adorable. I thought it was just the best idea. You did this great idea and you just tweeted about it. Um, for anyone who sends, does like a two minute video of what the champagne diet means to them, you would reward the winner with a bottle of Dom Perignon. And I flipping heard this Kara and I was like, dude, that bottle is mine. And like, but also, so I wanted the bottle, right? Like I wanted to try that, but also I knew that this was a a really cool opportunity for me to just, I'm a words of affirmation person. So this was a really cool opportunity for me to affirm to you just how monumental you had already been in my life at that point. So I did this video and it was supposed to be two minutes. I think God knows it was not two minutes. Jillian. Still on the Facebook page. It probably is. I've never deleted anything. We should go back and look. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Um, but I had never even drank that champagne. Like I knew it was the best of the best. I had never even had it. In my you life. told me that, yeah, but I wanted like my readers to experience it. Like, and that again, like it, I wasn't master planning anything. It wasn't like this big plot I had in my head. Like I wasn't trying to get, you know, people to, to talk about the brand, but I just, I, I think I wanted people to explain it in a way that maybe I couldn't explain it. So that mm. new girls would come find the blog and find the community and be able to you know, to feel comfortable and to enjoy it and to connect with each other and to connect with me. So yeah, I was like, you know, I didn't even drink Dom until like two years ago <laughs> <laughs> all over the country to like my readers. 
<laughs> so funny. Well, I, I, I had a fun time drinking that. That was a really awesome bottle. I will say that, but I'm just so grateful because it just goes to show that when you follow your heart and you do, you follow the fun, right? Like you do what feels good. You get to create a business that is totally in congruence with your lifestyle. And then you really just get to like go all in when you decide you're ready for it. Yes, exactly. And it is all about the fun. I think if you don't love what you're doing, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Like you're, you're going to burn out. There's always, it's, it's funny. Yesterday I had a 17 hour day. And if you would have told me that I had to have a 17 hour day at a, in a cubicle at a nine to five job, I would have been like, mm -hmm. no way in hell. Yeah. But I did. You know, and I was exhausted last night when I finally wrapped up, but I was just so on fire. And today I was like, I'm going to take a rest, but I couldn't rest because I love what I do. So yeah. I mean, there's so much power in choosing something that lights you up and something that you're really good at that's exciting to you, that that's going to help you kind of, you know, power through those times when it's less than ideal or you're, you know, you're kind of overworking yourself as yeah. well. Yeah, we totally do. So let me actually ask you this question. When did you first view yourself as an entrepreneur? Um, I know that I got to see the, the transformation happening from an outside perspective, but just as a loyal follower, I would love to know, like, when was that moment when you were like, oh, this is actually something, like we've got something going on over here. So it was when I became a life coach, for sure. Yeah. I went till I decided to, I had done the blog for a couple of years. So I started in 2008. In 2011, I said to myself, you know, how can I turn this into a career? Like, I love doing this. I want to give myself an escape plan to leave my corporate job. I was mm -hmm. I want to do something that's meaningful in my life. I want to wake up every day and make a difference in the world and love what I do. And I was in the shower. It was like one of those lightning bolt moments. And I thought, you need to be a life coach. And I had no idea what life coaches were. And again, this is, you know, this is 2011, we're in 2018. It's just starting to kind of become popular. Yeah. It was not such a popular career back then, but I thought, well, I didn't want to go to school, back to college and, and complete all that, you know, schooling to become like a psychologist or a therapist. So that seemed like something that was doable to me. And it was something that was going, you know, I could use my skills and I was going to be able to connect with women on a much more meaningful level. And that is really the first time I think that I thought, okay, I can have a business now and I can start making money doing something on my own. And I joined a couple of Facebook groups. I don't even remember which ones. And I started meeting other girls who were doing this in their career. And I was like, oh, this is possible. Like I started looking at those people, not as competition, but as inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if they're doing it, I can do it. There is a way. It doesn't have to look like what I thought it was going to look like. I, I'm not going to retire from this corporate job when I'm, you know, 65 years old and, and go live on a beach somewhere like that never appealed to me. I always yeah. knew that I was meant for something more. So it was definitely around the time that I became a coach. That's so cool. I love that so much. And now, so I'm going to actually share this too now. And I want to talk about this. We can just bounce around. This is just like a fun girlfriend conversation um, that my lucky listeners get to like be the fly on the wall for, but you have written six books, correct? Um, yeah, so I've written like I've written four full-length books, and then mm -hmm. I did script, which is a collection of um, inspired poetry that it's I wrote. And beautiful. Then, uh, thank you. And Style Your Mind is the workbook, and I just completed um, like She Owns the Place, which is going to come out next summer. This yeah, summer. yeah, it is this summer. We're in 2018. I've been like, oh my gosh, I've been ever since you even started talking about that. I've been so excited. But can you bring us back to your first book? When did that? show up in the trajectory of your, of your entrepreneurial growth here? So that actually showed up for me before I even had the blog. The idea to write a book was something I always wanted to do. And I cool. the blog because I thought, 
well, I need a platform. I can't mm-hmm. just kind of come out of you know the gate as this author. Who's going to buy the book? No one even knows who I am. So I thought, okay, well, I can start this blog and share my story and share my experience with this glass of champagne and what that you know taught me and kind of where it went from there. Um, and then I became a coach because I thought, well, I want to have some kind of credibility. I don't want to just put this book out, you know, giving advice on how to live if I didn't really understand, you know, how to coach people and, and work with other women where I could share actual experiences that I had with people. So the book was in my head a long, long time before any of this happened. And all of those are the things I sort of put in place, um, to make the book possible. Yes. So I wrote my first book. I probably wrote it in around 2008, 2009, shopped it around to different agents, finally got a literary agent around 2011, I think I want to say, or maybe 10. The book I thought was going to get sold. I thought I was going to have my big Carrie Bradshaw moment and I would yeah. like pop a bottle of champagne at, the, you know, at my publisher's office and sign this big book contract. And the book was actually rejected, the first book, 19 times by 19 different publishers. And I always joke that I didn't even know there were 19 publishers. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's when I decided to self-publish. And I've up to this point, except for this new book, I've self-published everything on my own. I love it so much. I, re- I do remember reading um, your first book when I was pregnant. So that was pregnant with my first son. So I was, that was 2012, right? Yeah. Sparkle came out in the end of 2011, I think. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's just so cool to see that you really have developed such an amazing brand where you get to be you and all of you and you get to constantly share you and you get to treat your followers to the experience of you. And I think that's super important. So could you, would you mind, because I know that for my followers right now, we are, we've got a lot of amazing women who are at that point that they're like, okay, they're at that point of, I could do this, right? Like I could do this. I don't really necessarily know where to start. I don't really necessarily know all the tools, but that belief is starting to really come to fruition. And more importantly, that stirring inside, it just won't say die, right? Like it just won't go away. So I know I have to do something with this. So to that point, where, what were you feeling or where were you on your journey when that was happening where you were like, okay, this, so we've got like the shower moment, right? Where you had like the lightning ball, but like, or the lightning strike, but what, what next, what was the next action step that you took? Because you felt it, but then you had to do something about it. So I'd love to go in there a little bit deeper. So I'm the kind of girl where if I get an idea in my head, it doesn't go away. It's mm-hmm. like, I I just I become consumed by my passion and this was quickly becoming a passion for me and I know because if it's not the right thing it floats out of my head and I'm okay with it and I sort of say okay it wasn't meant to be but when I really want something I can't shake it yeah so I went to work the next day and I sat at my desk actually I had an office at the time so I shut the door and I googled life coaching certification or life coaching school and I started literally going down the first page of google Mm -hmm. and cold calling all these places and just saying you know, how do I get involved? What does it cost? How much time do I have to put in? What does it look like? And I finally found the school that I decided to go with. I kept the woman on the phone for like a half an hour. I asked mm-hmm. her a million questions and I made a down payment that day on school. I had, I didn't know anyone that was a life coach. I had no idea what I was getting into. Didn't research life coaches, didn't really follow any at the time. And I just 
did it on a whim and it worked out and it turned out to be the best decision that I ever made. And I learned so much about myself along the way. Um, going to school, I went to school at night. So I was working full time for MTV. And then at night I was coming home and from seven to 10, I had class twice a week, seven to 10 PM. Um, it was a telecourse and then I would do my buddy coaching. So it was a lot of hard work for the first, it was eight weeks. Mm -hmm. The next program I did, the next certification was another eight weeks. So for a couple of months there, I just had to hustle and make it work. But it was that, like you said, that stirring in me that just wouldn't shut up. It wouldn't mm -hmm. stop. If I don't listen to this, I'm going to regret it. I have to move forward. I have no choice. I love that so much. And I love that you just did it, right? Like there, we waste so much energy in that space of should I, shouldn't I, here's all the reasons, like the pros and cons. And like, trust me, like I'm a list lover. I know you're a list lover too. And like, I'm all for it. Like make an informed decision, but also just flip and go for it too. And don't worry about what other people think of you. I remember at the time, everyone's like, oh, like, what is that? Like a tarot card reader? Like, are you going to be like a gypsy? Like no one in my world understood what a was. And I had to, you know, just kind of block all of that out and move forward regardless, knowing that I was listening to my gut and it was never going to lead me in the wrong direction. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. So let me ask you this because you have been married to your husband, Ryan, for since, I mean, it, right before the blog, right? Am I right with that? No, I actually, well, I'm kind of, I met him in 2009, in the end of 2009. So I had the blog for about a year yep. um, and we got married in 2011. So he's been there for, for the ride. Yeah. And that's so cool. And I mean, I've got an incredibly supportive spouse and I'm grateful for that because I know that a lot of people don't necessarily have that, but they also may harbor excuses behind that. And that's a whole different conversation, but I would just love to he like hear a little bit of the behind the scenes too, of how you and Ryan have figured out life and love and business and all of that, because we often see these powerhouse women who are just totally killing it. And, but we don't get like that. We forget that like, Oh wait, they're actually a human. They've got relationships. They've got friends. They've got significant others. They've got animals and children and lives. And so I'd love to just get a little bit of like the behind the scenes glimpse of what, like, what was the dance looking like as you were stepping into all of this? So he's super supportive. He's always been supportive from day one. He's like, if you're happy, I'm happy. And, you know, I want to see you succeed. And when it was starting to become a thing, I don't think we really knew that it was starting to become a thing. Um, like, or it could be like a bigger thing than it was until Girl Code came out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for a couple of years, it was more like a hobby. Like it was maybe it was going to turn into something. You know, we didn't really know. I didn't really have a timeline. And then Girl Code launched and we were just like, oh, wow. Like this is like, this is like going to the next level now. Like this is something that we need to pay attention to. And it's, it's like a big deal. You know, it's, yeah. I'm kind of like elevating. Um, and he's just been so supportive. He comes to all of my events. Like he takes pictures of all the girls, you know, he holds everybody's purse and phone and he designs um, some of my book covers. He's designed all the interiors for my book. He weighs, you know, he, I wait, you know, lean on him for input. He weighs in on things and he gives his opinion. And he's, he's really great because he has this outside perspective, but he also knows me so well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I go to him and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm so stressed out or this girl said this, or I heard that, or, Oh my God, what should I say to this, you know, this offer? And he always knows what to say. Like he, mm. he gives his opinion when it's needed. He doesn't over, you know, over input. He doesn't give too much input, but he also knows when to kind of call me out on stuff and when to take a step back and let me lead. So it's been a journey. I mean, there's definitely, um, 
we've had our moments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like all perfect all the time, but you know, I think first and foremost, we're friends and we have a really great friendship, you know, beyond our marriage. And I think that's so important if you're a businesswoman to know that you you've got like a best friend along for the ride with you and somebody that you can really lean on and that's going to support you. Yeah. So what do you say to the girl that's like, you know, I really want to do this, but my spouse won't let me quote unquote, won't let me, or doesn't support me. What do you say to that girl? Because my heart goes out to them and, and we've all been there in some way, shape or form. And I'm sure our spouses have felt that with us, right? Like we're all human and we're all trying to navigate this as best we possibly can. But what do you say to that girl that is like, she's ready to go, but perhaps she's hiding behind something or perhaps she's fearful and is projecting that onto her spouse. There's so many different scenarios, but what would be your best advice for her? You know, I think it's such a personal thing. It's really tough. I never coach on relationships because I know how intricate it can be and how sensitive people are. So it's it's something that I'm always really kind of tiptoeing around because I know that everybody has a different situation. Some people have children, some don't, some have just you know their ties to whoever they're with. But I think if you're not happy in, in your life, you can't be happier in your relationship. So if your partner is not letting you be who you want to be. I don't understand how he or she would expect you to be happy in the marriage or in, in the relationship. And then what's the point of being together? So I think you need to just be with someone who lets you be yourself. Um, if you're finding yourself in a position where somebody won't let you do something, then you really need to assess why you're even in that relationship in the first place. Because I was in a very toxic relationship for seven years before I met my husband. And I was with the same kind of guy. And it got to a point where I knew that my potential was so much greater without him. Mm-hmm. And I had to make the decision to move on. And it was really difficult. We were about to get engaged. We had lived together. So even though we weren't married, it was a whole life to kind of undo. And we shared friends and, and things. And it was it's not easy. But my life, I, I wouldn't be right here today if I didn't leave that relationship. So I always say, you know, self-love is recognizing your own potential before someone else's. Mm-hmm. You know, when you truly love yourself, you're recognizing what you have to offer. And and being your best self. And if you are focusing on that person and saying, well, maybe he'll change or maybe he'll come around, you're wasting your time. Yeah. I know that's really harsh, but I'm a tough love kind of girl and it's just the truth. And I love it so much. And that's one of the things that I think that you're truly adored for because you you tell the truth so pointedly, but it's because you truly want people to have the opportunity to be the, their best self. And you want them to put out the best quality content, the, the best version of themselves all the time. And that's been true for you since the beginning. Yeah. And I think like I've been there. So I always approach things with saying like, Hey, I understand where you're coming from. You know, mm-hmm. I would never want someone to feel like I'm preaching at them or I know more than them. Like I always say, I'm just a normal girl who's been through some stuff and I'm able to help other people navigate what they've been through because I've done it in my own life. So I think like when you're giving advice or you're in a position like I'm in, or if you're a coach, it's really important to just be on the same level as the people around you and not create a wall between you and your client or you and your listeners or your readers. Because at the end of the day, we're all a part of the same consciousness. We're all, like you said, humans, and we're all just figuring this thing out. So some, sometimes just simply saying like, I've been there and I get it. You know, this is how I got through it. You know, maybe you can take this and use it in your own life. Take this advice. 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I'd love to go in even deeper. Um, you said the word consciousness, and that just brings up so much for me because I personally over, well, like basically the entirety of 2017 was a spiritual journey for me in terms of I wanted to find out. I wanted to step into and lean into and start trusting what I aligned with spiritually. And of course, with that, I mean, that goes hand in hand with self-discovery too and finding out like what have I been piling on to hide, right? Like what are my blocks? What are my barriers? So I would love to hear from you what that journey looks like for you because I feel like I have witnessed you and felt you become more affluent with your with the way that you speak about spirituality and where you align with that thing. So I would love to hear a little bit about that journey because I know that the the girls that are listening to this, like they're there too. They're just starting down on that path and it feels really flipping good, right? It's a little bit scary and it's a little bit like, what am I doing? But also where has this been my whole life? So I'd love to hear your perspective on that side of this amazing thing called life? So for me, you know, I, I always kind of had um, values where that, that really aligned with like the teachings of the law of attraction, for example. And I mm -hmm. didn't know what that was at the time. So I was a teenager and I was, you know, putting myself out there and getting internships at record labels and starting these magazines. And, you know, I had sort of just this, like the nerve to go out there and do these things. But in my mind, I thought, well, if I want it, it's mine. And I just, that was always intuitively just the way that I felt. It was something that was inside of me. And then as I got older, I kind of lost my way as we all do. And I went to college and then I dropped out of college and then I met this guy and I was working and I was unfulfilled and I was in this unhappy relationship. And when I finally got out of that relationship, I started to think about my own power and how I had the power to create my life and design my life. And then around that time, I found the secret and I read the secret and I started really getting into the teachings of the law of attraction and the laws of the universe. And I just, it resonated with me so deeply and I just practiced it. I, I tried it in small ways and big ways and every which way you can imagine. And it never failed me. And it gave me a sense of comfort and it helped me realize that I was in control of my life. But at the same time, if I had faith in something larger, I would be rewarded I, spiritually, emotionally, you know, physically in every single way. And, you know, I just, my religious background, I grew up Catholic, but I never really connected to the church and the rules of Catholicism. And it was always, I felt very disconnected to it. Yeah. I didn't believe in a higher power. I knew that there was something out there. I didn't necessarily believe in like, you know, we die and like float around on clouds all day. <laughs> like, you know, energy. I, I believe everything is energy. And I felt like, especially when it comes to, you know, death and all, and like, we can get into like a rabbit hole now about all that mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't believe people are gone forever. I do think they live on in us. And I'm just, I, I'm the kind of person where I walk in a room and I can feel someone's energy, like just the second that I see them. So yeah. to me, that was just like a clear sign that there's something else at work here. And the more that I practice, you know, all of the laws of spirituality and the laws of attraction, it just kept proving itself to me in my own life. And that relationship has only gotten stronger as I've gotten more successful and I've, as I've been challenged more because they say, you know, what is the saying with every level, there's a new devil, you know? Yeah. Every time you evolve, every time you up level, every time you upgrade, you're going to be faced with resistance and challenges. And I've had to lean on my faith and my spirituality and my own weird blend of spirituality, whatever that looks like, Kara's version of it. It's, it's very unique and personal to me. But it's just been something that has really, really gotten me through. And whenever I find myself stressed, whenever I find myself anxious, 
I know that I can turn to those practices. I can turn to gratitude. I can turn to meditation. You know, I kind of take bits and pieces of Buddhism and Kabbalah and, you know, all of these different things. And they just, they're all really teaching you the same thing. Yeah. They're all rooted in the same thing. And it just comforts me. And it just does something for me that other, other things can't. A book can't give me that feeling. A coach can't give me that feeling. It, it's just it's really kind of aligning myself with just knowing that there is something else at work and it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And it's refreshing to hear you say that it's your own, you know, special blend of spirituality because that's what I've found for myself. That's what feels good. And it's kind of following that feeling. Um, I finally was presented with the concept of we want what we want because it makes us feel good. And that's not a bad thing, right? Honoring that is so beautiful. And it doesn't mean that you have to have specific rules and that you've got to follow specific standards in the way that everybody else does just because they do, if that doesn't align with you. And I think that that's, you know, that's been huge for me over my transformation. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And I think we also have to get out of the habit of saying, I deserve this because I work so hard. Mm -hmm. or, I deserve this because whatever. And, you know, as women, I think, especially, we always feel like we have to validate ourselves and justify things. And it's just not true. I mean, if you want something, you deserve it, period, end of story. And we have to start to think more like that. We, I know I always catch myself saying, well, I bought myself this bag because I earned X amount of dollars last month because I worked so hard and I worked all these long hours. Like, no, like it doesn't have to, there doesn't have to be a reason for getting what you want in your life. You simply, it is your birthright. You simply deserve it. I love that so much. And I, I'm excited for you because you've actually taught me a lot, um, and though you don't even know it, in terms of belief. You've taught me a lot about just believe that it's going to happen and it will. And I say just, right? It seems so simple, but it actually is. It can be if you simply believe in it. And I, so I'm psyched for you because, so for all of you, um, cause I know that you're going to go follow Kara everywhere now, but particularly pay attention to her Insta stories because they're fabulous. And I know that you are apartment hunting right now. And I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to see her new place. Cause I know it's going to be as fabulous as she has envisioned. And I'm like, I just can't wait to watch that happen because I know, I believe it is. And I believe it's there for you. And I just think that that's a really cool nod to you because I'm like cheering you on, but I also know that it's going to happen. <laughs> and you know, that just, that's kind of ties into what we were saying before about sharing things. Like I love to share because then when people see it come to fruition, it makes sense. It clicks in their head. You could talk about it all day long, but when you show it, you know, when I, I showed people the view from that bedroom window that I was standing in yesterday and I said, this is going to be mine. I want this apartment or one like it, whatever's best for me. Like yeah. that's another thing, law of attachment. Like you know, this or something better yep. um, will come my way. What is for me will not pass me. And what passes me was never meant for me. But as I stood there in that apartment, I snapped that picture. I thought this is going to be so great to circle back on in a couple of months when I land somewhere and, and say, look, do you guys remember when I was showing you this? Like I worked hard. I prayed on it. I meditated on it and it, it is mine and it can be yours too. I love it so much. It's so inspiring. It's so amazing. Um, and thank you. And I hope that all of you are just writing down because Kara just dropped like some tweetables, right? To like bring it back to 2011. Some tweetables there. Some great quotes. Um, oh, that's so awesome. So I want to circle back for a minute to you left your job at MTV. And 
you did that because you had that belief in yourself and you, and you knew, right? Like you, I know that you are a very, a, a person of deep trust and of deep conviction in what she is saying and feeling. Um, but you also had to say like, all right, I'm, I'm taking the leap here. Like I'm going for it. I would love to know how you felt in that moment when you said, okay, I, like I'm, I'm actually done here. I'm going to go pursue this thing that I accidentally fell into, but now is my dream. I'd love to know how you felt. So I love that you're saying felt because it really was the feeling in my body. It wasn't, it, it moved beyond my thoughts. It moved beyond my mind and it became a feeling, a vibration in my body. Mm-hmm. And when I finally did it and I finally sat down with my boss, cause I thought about it for a really long time, but when mm-hmm. I actually did it and told him how I felt and then I was moving on, I just felt so liberated and so excited. And it was like this huge weight lifted off my shoulders. This huge energy block was removed from my life. And I just tapped into a part of myself that I didn't even know existed. I found endless creativity, endless motivation, endless inspiration. And it was like, I was just this waterfall of just, just all this goodness. It's like, I couldn't stop. I couldn't turn myself off. I was working all the time and I loved it. Like every minute of the day, new ideas were coming into my mind. And it was the best thing that I ever did. It was, I think, you know, like everybody like says, you know, when you know, you know, when you don't know, you don't know, but that's the truth. Like everybody can tell you, okay, you have to have this much money in the bank first, or you should have this kind of business plan. And it wasn't like that for me. It was just a feeling like I just knew when it was the right time and I moved, I acted on it. Yeah. So then, then what'd you do? (laughs) Like you, like, what did you do in your first day that you didn't go to the traditional job and you literally had your life right there and you're like, okay, now what? (laughs) I remember my best friend sent me these like ridiculous pink slippers. She's like, you can wear these to work now. And I was like, I like worked in my like leopard, you know, silk pajamas and these pink fluffy slippers. And I I think I actually rolled out like a group coaching workshop. I think that I launched that because I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I have to supplement. Well, I have to make an income now, not even supplement. I have to create new streams of revenue. And I had been doing some things on the side and they were successful, but they obviously weren't at the time making the money that I was making at my full-time job. So I was like, I'm just going to launch this workshop. It's going to be six weeks. I think it was called like the sparkle sessions or something. I don't even know what I called it. Actually, no, that was my first one. This one was called, I don't know, create your champagne life or something like that. I remember when you did that. That's cool. I re- like, cause I'm obviously on your email list. So I'm like, Oh I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like vintage champagne diet. Um, so yeah, so I launched it and I sold it out and I was like, okay, now I know I can do this and I'm, I'm going to be successful. And yeah, it was that day I sat there. I remember just thinking like, whatever, whatever happens, happens. And I sent the email out and I got signups and every day was just, you know, a new adventure. And I just kept learning and tweaking and, and changing things. And no day has looked the same since. And I think that's what, like the most thrilling part of all of this is. There's definitely a lot of down days and days where you're questioning yourself or you're worried or you're concerned or, but I mean, the, the good just weighs it out. And I think like going back to belief and faith, when you know that you're doing what you're meant to do, you know, it is always going to work out. It's always going to serve you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's a great segue. So I would, so I just picture your website and the evolution of that over time and all the different beautiful photo shoots that you've had. Like, I feel like I really had the honor of witnessing each iteration of yourself as you have kind of stepped into a new season of your business and of your life, right? Because if, 
you're doing it the way you're doing it. They're one in the same. So can you walk us through that? Like, do you have like, even thinking back to your photo shoots, like what you were feeling at different times in your, in your business? Like I picture you with, um, with like that really awesome skirt and the leather jacket with the champagne at the bar, like that amazing photo shoot. And then you've got the one that's on, I'm looking at your website right now with, it's just so empowering and you've got your pink hair now and you've got, you know, the sleigh baby, um, pin on like, just, could you just walk us through a little bit of like the Kara timeline? Yeah. So I think like, you know, when you, when you live online and you do business online, people see your evolution in like a, a it's like so many more eyes are on you, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see it. And it's really cool to be able to look back and see it. And I think like everybody kind of evolves and changes and changes their hair color. But when you have like documented it, it's really cool. So the first photo shoot that I ever did was actually with this company called the Confetti Bar. Mm -hmm. And this was for the Plaza one with the tutu and the motorcycle jacket. And my hair was long. It was really long and straight and like really dark brown. At the time I dyed it like a super deep, almost black. Yeah. And photo shoot in Connecticut. And I remember like getting on like the long, the Amtrak train with like my little, you know, duffel bag and my coffee and like going out there by myself in the morning, not knowing what to expect. And I was so awkward. It was so nerve wracking. <laughs> Confetti everywhere. And like, I had a huge, like inflatable champagne bottle balloon. It was like, it was so playful and fun, but I was just so out of my element. Yeah. I was not used to someone to, like taking my photo like professionally. And then I got the pictures back and I just remember being so excited. And now I look at them and I'm like, and they were great photos, but like, I just look so different. I'm like, oh God, like, yeah, it's so babyish to me. Like they're just, I just feel like, like young Kara. But I mean, at the time I remember just feeling like so empowered and I was like, oh my God, that's me. Like I couldn't believe it. So I think, you know, if anyone's listening and they're in business, definitely get a photo shoot done. Even if you feel awkward, it just does something for you. Mm -hmm. um, that's really magical. It kind of makes you see yourself in a different way. And, um, so that was like long haired Kara, like dark haired Kara, whatever. Mm -hmm. bar. I was like, I don't know. I have like a sequin shirt. Then the next shoot I did was, um, at the plaza. That was the first redo of my website. So the confetti bar pictures were when I had the blog still, it was on blogger. Yeah. So I was doing everything myself. It was like very kind of random. And I was, you know, it definitely was not that professional. And then I invested in a website in 2014 and I had the plaza pictures done and that was really cool. Um, and that was, I think I felt the most badass. That was the first time I felt badass. You know, yeah. I was like okay, I'm doing this and like, this is who I am. And this is, that's when I started to think about branding and what I wanted to wear and how I wanted people to feel when they saw the pictures. So that was really exciting. And then the next shoot that I did was with my friend Angelica Glass. And those are the pictures that you see. Actually, no, I did one when I was blonde. Those pictures were on like the third iteration, I think. Yeah. Um, and then what you see now is like the fourth big shoot that I did. So it's just been a learning process and a journey all the way through. But like, I've definitely felt awkward in pretty much all of those situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had to tap into my confidence for sure. Um, and it was not easy. I'm not like a natural when it comes to the camera. But, you know, you shoot like, you know, 500 or 600 pictures and you get, get like four good ones. So don't let that stuff fool you. If they look perfect and they look pretty, it's like, it took a lot to get those. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. So do you have a favorite iteration of Kara? I mean, I know each one of them must be so sacred to you, but do you have like a favorite moment that you're like, she rocked like that version of me rocked. I like where I'm at right now. I mean, the yeah. pictures, the pink hair, like that's me. Like, I feel like I'll never go like, 
I don't want to say never, but I feel like I always wanted pink hair. I always loved looking different. I like, love style. I love standing mm-hmm. out in the crowd, but I never had the confidence to really step into that persona. I never had, you know, the, the balls for a lack of a better term, mm-hmm. to step up and just be like, this is who I am. And when you dye your hair pink, that is a crash course in confidence. Let me tell you. <laughs> people talk to you in the street you're constantly on and um it just it it was a chance for me to really get to know myself and express myself in a way that I haven't so I think who I am now is it just feels the best and I just feel like I'm owning it through and through and I I don't know I, I love fashion I love style I love to get to play and I love that I will say one thing I love that my readers and my followers like come along for the ride they're like okay you're doing your hair pink now that's like awesome and you know, I get so much love and so much support. And I think I give that back to my readers as well. And I think we all sort of honor where we're all at in our journeys, and especially in the Facebook community. And I don't know, I think that's like a beautiful thing about women supporting each other. Amen, sister. And Girl Code is like the best book to talk about that. Talk about like the most empowering, like we are strong when we lift up other women. Um, it's just, if you guys have not read that book to my listeners, you have to go get it like pronto. Um, cause it's a game changer and it just allows for people to let go of old stuff that they may have been holding on to when it comes to relationships with other women or how to show up professionally. It just, it's like it waves a magic wand and says, it doesn't have to be like that. And in fact, it's way better when it's not like that. Yep. And I think, you know, what women that compete with other women in a negative way, because I know some people believe in healthy competition. I really don't. I feel like I'm me, you're you. Like there's no way people can compete when they're mm-hmm. so unique. But for the women who compete in a negative, nasty way and gossip, it's, they're just insecure. You know, women who are empowered don't do that. So I think that's why I'm excited about the next book because it's going to kind of, it's going backwards. It's like kind of, okay, we talked about girl code and we talked about supporting each other, but how do you get to the place where you can even do that? How do you really empower yourself to be able to empower someone else? Cause it really starts with you. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting and it, it, I can't wait. <laughs> I know. Okay. So let's go there. So like she owns the place is coming out in July, July. I'm like, I should basically have a calendar countdown going on because I'm on social media watching your updates for it all the time. But can you give us a little sneak peek as to what it's about? Like, I know that your heart went into this book and it's so exciting. I mean, that this is the next step for you in the literary world and it's just really freaking cool. So can you give us a little sneak peek on like what to expect with this book? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about confidence, and I know it's a huge topic to tackle, and I I talked about it in all the different areas of our life when it comes to beauty and the way that we feel about ourselves as as women, and, you know, I talked about plastic surgery and Botox. I, like, I really went deep with a lot of that stuff. It kind of starts off there. Then I talk a lot about vulnerability and the power of vulnerability and sharing yourself, and, you know, I, I really kind of take on the the notions of like false confidence. And a lot of people believe in like fake it till you make it or these little sugar rushes of confidence. Like if I have my lips done, I'll be more attractive. Or if I carry this purse, I'll be more attractive. Or if I make a million dollars a year, I'm successful. And I'm really kind of breaking down all of those notions. And I'm just like kind of asking women to dig deep and figure out what really makes them feel good at the core. How can they empower themselves in a real, true, sustainable way? Yeah. Look at any magazine. We're not. Ta- I mean, all the tips and tricks they give you—they're not sustainable. Like, 
any magazine that you pick up, it's like get flat abs in eight weeks and make him, you know, make it sizzle in the bedroom. Like these are all the messages that we're hearing as women. And it's just, we have to undo that programming. It's so unfortunate that we're so brainwashed. So the book really takes all that on. And I think it just, I love it. I feel like it's my best work yet. So I can't wait to share it with everyone. Oh, I'm so excited for you. And that is really, really exciting that you feel like it's your best work because you've put out some really flipping good work there, my friend. So it's the hardest book that I've ever written, but I know that that's what made it good. So yeah. I'm excited. How long did it take you to write? Um, hmm, about a year, I would say. Wow. And everything else took me four months. I mean, I flew through those other books. So took me a good year to write this and a lot of soul searching and digging. And I think I transformed as I wrote this book. Mm. So, you know, there's just so much stuff came up. I was like my own kind of experiment, you know, like I was my own case study in a lot of ways and, and the women around me, especially, but really me and, and forcing myself to look inside and deal with all the limiting beliefs and the crap that just kind of came up and face it head on and make sense of it and be able to write about it. So it was, um, it was very energetically draining, but at the same time, it was also so, so fulfilling and so exciting. And it just, it, it gave me something that I've never experienced before in writing. So how did you continue on? Because I've been there. I've been in those moments of that deep digging and it's painful sometimes and it stops you in your tracks and knocks you down. So what did you do during those time periods? Because I imagine if this was as deep and as intuitive as I'm sure it was like there must have been some moments so what did you do then you know I my thing when I get stuck on something even in life I I step away from it so Mm -hmm. even when I'm dealing with my own stuff like whether it's writing a book or just kind of going through something in my own head I sort of take a step back and regroup and I think that really helped me with this whole process and with all of the stuff that came up like reminding myself that I'm human that it's okay that I can take a break. I think a lot of times, you know, we're obviously all into personal development and it's a fine line between improving yourself and being self-aware and doing the work and then having it become this unhealthy obsession where we ruminate over things and, and, you know, just, you know, just become completely consumed by it. So taking a step back and, and really just honoring myself through the process, giving myself what I needed, whether it was a day off or a bubble bath or going to work out or just just having a crap day and crying and just feeling like garbage, like just really honoring the, the very human nature of it. And then just picking myself up and moving along. I always say they don't serve champagne at pity parties. So I, don't <laughs> I give myself a few hours or I give myself an afternoon and then I'm like, okay, it's, it's just time to get back to work. And I think knowing that I have an audience and knowing that I have women who really depend on me inspires me and it keeps me going and it pushes me because I know if I'm going through something, the quicker that I can push through it and figure out a solution and figure out a new way to do life or do business, whatever it is that I'm talking about and share it with people, the more people that I can help and the more people that can heal from that. So my motivation sometimes is just my girls and my readers and my audience and knowing that, you know, it's not just about me. It's, it's about the bigger picture. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Can you share with us some things that you do for self-care and, and even like some, who do you read? Like what, what, what authors do you really like or what podcasts do you really like? I'd love to hear all of that. Um, because I just, you know, whatever is helping you to feel amazing has got to be helping other people too. 
So this is going to sound weird. I don't read a lot of self-help. I don't read a lot of personal development. And the reason for that is because I want to make sure that everything I'm putting out there is mine. It's my words, my thoughts, my opinions. I find that if I start reading other people's stuff, I maybe take on like a thought that was theirs or a sentence comes out that maybe they, you know, that sounds like something they wrote before. So that was happening early on in my career and I stopped it immediately. I was like, I, I don't want to read my competitive titles. I don't really want to read what else is out there. Um, some people think that's insane because they're like, you have to know what's going on in your industry. And I know enough of what's going on, but I don't read those books. One book that I did love was Big Magic, though, by Elizabeth. Yes, Taylor. that's one of my favorites. Oh, my gosh. That book blew me away. Um, that was really good. But as far as my own self-help, I love Soul Cycle. I talk about that all the time. Yeah. Something for me that I never thought I would fall in love with. And it's, you know, specifically Soul Cycle because it's mind and body. So going there a couple times a week, being detached from my phone, making it all about me in that dark room with the music on. And for those of you who don't know what um, Soul Cycle is, it's a spin class and it's um, choreographed to the beat of the music. So it's really uplifting. It's really fun. And the instructors kind of talk to you about life while you're on the bike. And there's a lot of analogies that are made when you're riding up a hill. You know, they'll talk to you about resistance and what you're climbing towards. So it's, it's like totally like, you know, a life coach's dream workout basically. Um, so that I love to do. I love to spend time with my friends and my family when I can and just get out of the house because I have a tendency to be on the computer yeah. a lot, be connected. And my work is online like yours. You know, we're connected to our social media. We're connected to our, you know, whatever, our blog, our email. So taking time to just sometimes go take a walk is self-care to me. You know, self-care is not always necessarily like champagne and, and massages. Sometimes it's just something small, like just detaching and limiting my phone time, my screen time. And, you know, I, I've started some new bedtime routines that are really helpful to me. I, I replaced my nightly wine, sadly. <laughs> I know. I've, I've been watching. <laughs> yeah, it really made a big difference. I was really finding myself leaning towards wine at night to shut off. And I love wine just like you do, you know, and I love the whole, I love tasting it. I love pairing it with food. I love just whole the ritual of it, of holding a glass, of going to a restaurant and pouring a glass and opening a bottle. But it, for me, it was becoming something that was such an unhealthy habit because it was every night. It was not just one, it was two, it was three, and then it was interrupting my sleep. So I did a lot of, you know, kind of reassessing um, what my nights should look like. And now I have a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I light all the candles in my house. I put on jazz music before bed, which is exactly what I'm going to do after we wrap yeah. up. And, and like, that's just my time for me. And I think as busy entrepreneurs, especially as, as women, especially women who have kids, I'm sure you can relate to this. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to make time for yourself. And you totally. have to be in, in any way that that works, even if it's getting up 15 minutes earlier in the morning and finding that time for yourself and, and just, you know, journaling or free writing. I love to journal. I just got the law of attraction planner. Have you oh, seen it? I know. I'm obsessed. So I do a lot of writing and, and stuff like that intention setting. So that really helps me. Oh, that's so cool. I have two more questions. One's a fun one, but I, I'm super interested in your input with this. How do you find harmony between the logistical, like push, 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 go, 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 and then the energetic flow needs? Because there has to be a little bit of a dance. And I actually, I've, I've trended away from the word balance because to me, balance is either you're in balance or you're out of balance. And I like harmony a lot more um, because it's a little bit more flowy. <laughs> um, so how do you, because you are a flipping go-getter, you, I mean, 
seriously, if it ever came down to it, I want Kara on my team all day, every day, because you're going to get it done. But you are also very intentional about tapping into your own energy. So how, how do you juggle that? So I listen for the cues in my body all the mm -hmm. time. I know like today is a perfect example. I had a really busy day yesterday, a 17 hour day. I was running all over the place. I did a mastermind last night that ran over. We were on the phone from like seven until like 9, 15 PM. It was two and a half hours of coaching seven women. So you can imagine at that point, I was just like so depleted. I love it so much, but I was so depleted. So I listened for the cues and I knew, okay, I'm gonna get a good night's sleep. I'm gonna have my sleepy tea and listen to my jazz. And I woke up in the morning expecting to feel amazing and I didn't. And I could feel like a little bit of a cold coming on. I felt a little achy. So I canceled my entire day. I canceled Soul Cycle. I canceled a, a phone call that I had scheduled. And I, I worked lightly. I mean, I guess I, for me, like a little bit of work is like most people's like weekly. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm with you, sister. <laughs> it's like hard for me to totally shut down. But the fact that I, you know, was I listened to those cues and I said, okay, this is what I need to do. And I ask myself that every single day. I get up in the morning and I'm like, what do I need more of today? And what do I need less of today? Mm. And that's how I design my schedule. That's how I design my life. And when you, when you tap into that, even if you can't give yourself everything that you want, or you can't remove everything that's not serving you and not helping you, you can still be intentional about some of those things. And that makes all the difference. I love it so much. Thank you for that. That's beautiful and beautifully said. I love it. Um, so on this podcast, um, I usually start off, so I do some interview style and then I do some talking, just, you know, me and my listeners, like me and my tribe here. And at the beginning of those conversations, I started off with gratitude and I give everybody a gratitude moment and we go silent, me included, and I'm running through things that I'm grateful for. So I'd love to end our interview with asking you what you are grateful for. Oh, I love that. I'm so into gratitude. So I, I love making these lists. I think first and foremost, I am thankful for my health. That has been something that lately has just been coming up. There's just been had an illness in my family and just realizing my good health and how important that is. And without our health, we can't do anything. So that's at the top of my list. Um, I'm grateful that I get to wake up every day and do what I love. I'm grateful for my tribe, my audience, my sleigh babies, everyone listening. Mm -hmm. I am grateful for my husband, my mom, my dog. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. I feel like it's an endless list. It's so um, fun to do the waterfall, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, and that, and that, and that. <laughs> it instantly shifts you. It takes you out of a bad mood. It takes you out of fear. It takes you out of stress. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my current list. Oh, that's I love it. Top of the list. Yeah. That's perfect. Thank you. So where can my listeners find you? Like list them all out because you are everywhere, my friend. And I would love for them, if they're feeling called to you and inspired by you, I would love for them to get more of you. So where can they find you? Yeah. So my website is thechampagnediet.com. And on there, you can pretty much find everything about me. You can find my podcast. It's called Style Your Mind. So you don't want to go to the site and you just want to go straight to iTunes. You can find it on there. Um, but through thechampagnediet.com, you can, you can connect with me and my girl gang on Facebook, Slay, the Slay Baby Collective. And I have one called Slay Baby Bosses for Entrepreneurs. Um, my blog is on there. All my books are on there. My books are also all on Amazon. So yeah, that's the best place to find me. And of course, Instagram, I'm there every day. Everything is the diet. So that's basically the best way um, to connect. 
That's so awesome. And I, and I will say, I will put in a plug for um, the Slave Baby Collective and Slave Baby Bosses because I'm in both of those and they're just so fruitful and they're fun and they are, it's amazing. I am really inspired and you, you make me excited for what I know is available to, to me too, because I see the way you have created this amazing tribe. And I know that that, that is, that's available for us all. If we, if that's where we put our attention. So you put so much heart and soul into the sleigh baby, all of it. And I'm just grateful for you. So, and I'm grateful for all the other women in those groups because they're inspiring and they ask amazing questions that perhaps I've been wondering about. And then there is like a slew of answers on every single one. So it's just like, shout out to the girls in those groups for sure. Thank you. Thank you. They're great. I always say it's the best place on the internet and I am biased, but I just love it. And it's just, there's, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And I think that we've just grown this beautiful community of it's just, they're just naturally awesome. And I'm so, so lucky and so thankful that everybody participates and shows up and respects each other and promotes posit- positivity. It's just a great place to be. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kara. I appreciate you being here more than I can even describe to you. And um, friends, go find Kara. She is just incredible. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Okay, friends. We'll see you next time on Morning Sunshine with Jillian Bolands. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you really love this episode, I would love it if you guys could leave me a review on iTunes. For more beyond this podcast, including my blog and where you can find all of my books, visit me at thechampagnediet.com. And for daily inspiration, including uplifting quotes, mantras, and of course, pretty pictures, come hang with me on Instagram at thechampagnediet. Until next time.